Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters. It's the start of your weekend. It's the three amigos, and as always, I'm joined by Steve Hasty, Mitch, and Keith Patterson. Good evening, lads. Good evening. And I thought, lads, we normally start off with a topic tonight. Why don't we just sit here for two hours and sit? <laughs> just sit and laugh. Just sit and laugh. I mean. Uh. Honestly, we either sit here and just laugh at Sunderland because of what's going on there. Mitch described it beautifully, I think. In fact, Mitch, I'll leave, I, I can't let a classic line that you just used pre-show well, be completely well, yeah. Do you know what it is? It's a long time since we've had some really good Sunderland schadenfreude. And uh, we, we've just bought a player that's worth three times their club and the manager's just pissed off. It's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> the stalk as well. <laughs> Oh my I, God! You couldn't make this up. You really couldn't. You couldn't, really, it, could you? You really couldn't. Um, uh, yeah, and and, and of yeah. course Newcastle breaking that breaking that transfer record. Which, um, if I remember rightly, uh, a few of you on this panel and and on the other shows that you do have been regularly preaching, i.e., Mitch, Stu, and Keith and Steve, uh, to name but four, who have regularly <laughs> said, "I think this is what's going to happen." So, look, great. Um, you know, one through the door. We'll, I guess we'll be talking to the people in the chat about who they think might be the next signing. Will there be another signing uh, over the next couple of hours? We have actually got a new feature tonight as well. Two weeks in. Um, we've got Scunny Mag, um, who uh, moving forward is going to be doing uh, his um, away section. And he's going to send it in in video, uh, like uh, a few of our contributors do. And um, it's going to be uh, info for people travelling to Wolves tomorrow. Great idea. He's written nice. a book. He dropped the book in at the um, at the uh, Dog and Parrot for us. And uh, you'll be able to catch up with him uh, towards the end of the show when we start looking ahead to the big match on Sunday. Great stuff. And uh, I thought as if today was a, a special occasion that we'll better let this reprobate in early doors. There he is. Good evening, Joe. Afternoon. Afternoon, chaps. All right. Good to see you, mate. We've gone from he's not coming on and there's a big disaster and then he's managed to come in early. So there we'll go. We've had it, I've had it all on the dual roller coaster today. I keep telling you, Stevie, some of us have got to work for a living. That's all you're I right, mate, you're right. Yeah. We can't all be men of luxury like uh, Keith Patterson. And... Can, 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 you see, can you see the fume on we are say through the smog yet? It's, it's, just coming, it's just breaking through now, Mitch. It's just coming now. <laughs> I think, right. I think I think it's wrong to laugh at this one, and I think you should just, you know, spare a thought. If we were in their shoes, you know, <laughs> no, if we were in their shoes, we wouldn't like to be laughed at. And what's up to them is disastrous. So I think the night people should show a bit more respect and just give them a free free night, you know, not do anything that belittles them, really. Light a candle. Hi. <laughs> Keith, um, let's talk about Isaac. Uh, Be shirt. <laughs> Well, about your, yeah, we'll talk about your shirt first. Yeah, go on. What you got on? <laughs> I had to quote the camera. Now, can, now I can't read this again because everyone's got smaller because it was only me and you on the screen before. It's a Shola Amiobi scored uh, two times as many European scored three goals. Times, three times. Three times as many European goals as Sunderland played European matches in their entire history. Uh, the legend has it that the last player to score for the Mackhams in Europe was called Harold. And he was shot in the eye with an arrow. <laughs> Great T-shirt, that. Great T-shirt. Okay, let's talk about Isaac. Um, yeah. well, I, have to, I have to get the pronunciation right. Uh, Moza's been on all week going, it's Isaac, it's Isaac, not Isaac. So Isaac has arrived at Newcastle United. 63 
million pounds later, Newcastle now. Broken, smashed, shattered their uh, previous transfer records, which of course were for Joe Ellington and uh, Bruno. And what's this What's this say, Keith, about where we're going now as a football club? Massive statement of intent. Um, I think people, when somebody like um, our man of talk sport comes on and tells you that Newcastle aren't threatened by financial fair play, then we can go a lot, lot further. It sort of plays the hand of the market that we've still got money to spend. And as Neil and Steve will say, we're pretty certain there's two more to come. You know, however they come, whether loan deals or permanent deals, I'm certain we'll get two more before the window shuts. But to get this lad, it seems as though he was the first target. Rumour has it he was Man City's um, fallback if they didn't get Haaland. Um, but, you know, you've got the usual shit coming out where people are saying, oh, he's only scored this many goals in that many games. But when you look at him, look at the clips and look at the history, look at the couple of injuries he had, and you look at where he was sent to Dortmund and he, he played in the, at one stage in the German fourth division. He's a cracking player. Um, if you read Ibrahim Vach's, um speech today about him, where he calls him Ale, his nickname is ALA, Ale. Um, and he said, he said, in years to come, you won't be talking about Henrik Larsson and Zlatan. You'll be talking about Isaac. He's that good. So he said, he's got a heart like a lion. He'll run through walls for you. But he's supposed to be a bloke and just created out nothing. And people are going about stats. And his stats are that he creates more than the likes of Wilson. So a 22-year-old, six foot four, and he looks as lean as a dog, like, you know, 63 million pounds. I mean, this is dream time. This is this is what us five have went to bed on the night dreaming about. And it's what we've broke our hearts about, walked away from Wembley. My aggregate scores at Wembley 17 to the opposition. So, you know, all them trips you built and you built yourself up that you're going to do so at Wembley. Well, it's coming. It's coming. And, uh, you know, when you look at the teams you're playing against, this, this lad, this lad will... I've been watching football this, 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 these few games a season and, and people who have a goal, you saw what happened to Maxim. He, he had a goal last week. He just ran at people and he believed in himself. Um, he knew when to release it, but he had a goal and he put people on the back foot. This lad's the same thing. If you've got him coming at you, see Maxim coming at you, people like Almiron, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare when people run at you. And, and this, this lad, has, he has pace and power to burn. But the ret- he's got a great attitude. The ret- there's no pet lips with ease on the bench. The ret- he's just got a great attitude. He's not arrogant. He's supposed to be a really, really nice guy. And you can see what Howe's doing. You know what I mean? If Howe fails, by God, what a way to try to do it with a, with a team of gentlemen, a team of people that want to fight for each other. And it's, it, it's, it's mind-boggling that Newcastle's just paid 63 million. And when you see things like, Liverpool's lad get sent off, you know, so, so early in the day. And you see the magic that was Haaland. I mean, it's just lightning on the thing. It, it is going to be a season that's determined by, you know, what, what them front people can do. And, and that's why I want to Maxim to get his head and to be able to run at people, to get encouraged to run at people. And like Isa, to be able to slip through because he's played in quite a negative um, quite a low achievement. So she dad side, you, you know, they haven't, they haven't, they haven't done very well, and they play, they create a lot less chances than Newcastle. Are. I mean, you talk about a team that creates like Bruce trained us. 
So you think the kind of possession we had under Bruce, you think the way Bruce played and the, kind, the little chances he created, that's the kind of side he's been playing in. And when you're playing in sides like that, it isn't easy. You know, it isn't easy to do. And so just get behind him, get behind him, because I tell you what, this kid could, this kid could like St. James's up. But, uh, <laughs> if anybody tells you he's rubbish, just say, be patient. Just be patient. And if anybody, same when you castle, if you talk about your castle, I just say, calm down, we're well, not in a hurry. It's, it's a marathon or a sprint. We're just enjoying every minute. We enjoy every time we go to bed smiling. We wake up with a big grin on our face. So just get over it. But this lad, this lad is, I think people see me, he looks, first impression, he looks sort of gangly when you first look at him. Lean-legged, but I'll tell you what, six foot four, he's a powerhouse. He's a, a nightmare to mark. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to expect too much. Maybe just a couple at balls. But, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's a massive, massive sign, and it's, it's, it's a statement in Newcastle that that they're not going to just put wannabes in there. And the, the key thing to all this is the price is one thing, but it's the age. Twenty-two year old, and half of Europe were looking at them. Um, you can see why people didn't get them because they're frightening them off with the money, and it's it's massive money. But Newcastle's paid it, and and you know who come next. I know we'll talk about it later on, but but. It's clear that if Newcastle spend money, they want to spend it on young people that's going to be around for a lot of years. You know, the people, some people they haven't got, Ekatek here and, and Pedro, are young people, you know, 19s, 22s, 21s. This is the kind of people we're going for, like Sabotman. It's amazing that once we stayed up, we dropped out the Carlos because of the age. But it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's, you know, the, the, there was two or three players in the whole of Europe you could get that were in that league, in that bracket. Um, and, you know, we, we've got him and I, I, I'm hopeful he's going to be brilliant. Hopeful, uh, Mitch. Uh, but it was something you really have predicted with a, an air of confidence that we would go and do this. And, and it came from stage left, didn't it? Um, you know, 690 players linked in the last few months. I'm sure that yeah. Isaac's name was but, in there at some point. And I, the I have a recollection start, of Pete Davey from Lowell. The very start of the window, his name was linked. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a feeling it was either I know Pete Davy and I know one other person who is, qu is quite um, rightly um, messaged us on inbox. Uh, Lee Pablo Davies, who used to do the, uh, the the news show that I used to do, he's the other one. And I went back through my messages, and there it was, right at the start of the window, Isaac. So there's two people who got it right for me, Pete Davy and Lee Davies. Um, but yeah, it it, it was. Another one, just like Bruno, done silently, done away from the public glare. Nobody had a clue. And I tell you what, this comes back to what the other thing we've been seeing all along. There's no budget. The budget is flexible. They'll do the right deal if somebody becomes available at the right price. How much influence did Wilson's injury have over this? Has it forced the hand to go down a different route? Don't know. Generally, don't know. I suspect, possibly. But people saying, you know, questioning what we're paying, there was a very bitter journalist today saying we're overpaid. Um, but actually, we hadn't. We've, we've paid 15 and a half million euro less than his release clause. So we've been able to do a good deal, if you ask me. Um, and I still adhere to the, the, the concept they've got a list of targets. ABC, ABC, ABC for each position. And when one becomes available at what they perceive as a good value proposition, 
they will do the deal. Interesting that the chairman was in very briefly through the week. He was obviously signing the deal off. And so I think this is the approach we're going to find. And now, now we're in the last last rounds of the poker game, that is the transfer window. And the river card's just about to turn. Because now we're finding who needs to do deals. And we're going to be involved again. I'll stand by what I said about I think we're going to bust that 40 million mark at least twice. So we'll think about one more big one coming in yeah. and one more deal to do. And I'll stand by that. I no can't pretend. Do you think we'll get do you poss- think we'll possibly one possibly one on loan and one one permanent signing? I right. I, I can't pretend to chuck names around. Um I went with the three P's as it because it just sort of was a nice thing to work with. But it gives you the kind of quality of player we're talking about. Um Paquette has been a name bounced around, but it's been bounced around now from good places, and Steve would, would tell you this too, probably for about three weeks. And that immediately said to us, well, what are we waiting for? If this is sort of lined up, and if allegedly this is all pretty much there, what are we waiting for? And so um, I, I suspect that's been allowed to just sit and tick while they've been working on other deals. And, and I still think a midfielder and a right winger, will that be Pedro? Could be. That's still in the mix. It's not necessarily off. It's not necessarily on. Um, but has somebody else suddenly become available that they would prefer to Pedro? So again, that's this is where we're in this mix where we are flexible. We will do the right deal at the right price. There is no budget limit, but we're not going to have our pants pulled down either. We're not just going to jump on the first deal that, that, that sits at the table. So um, I think it shows very astute business. I love the fact we're locked down now. You know, stuff isn't getting out the way it was. It just isn't. And, and that's frustrating journalists. Um, and that's sometimes quite amusing uh, because we're now seeing how many journalists make it up as we go along to. And so um, it, it, it's very professional and different way that we're doing things. And it really genuinely wouldn't surprise me to see another 40 million plus coming in, plus one more deal. Um, I know House talked about playing uh, Wilson and Isaac together. Now, this is what I was saying about my third striker. Somebody who offered something different to Wilson, something different to Wood, but could play with both of them, could play with one of them, could play on his own. And that's when Calvert-Lewin come in, which in some respects, Isaac and Calvert-Lewin are similar types of players. But I think we've got the, the real deal tied up. And to be able to do that deal... We had in England that Ashworth was in Spain, but my personal feeling was he was working on something different. Um, so I've got that wrong, but I'm, I'm quite happy to be wrong because look at what we've got. And I think we're going to see, I, I think somebody who can genuinely deliver excitement on the pitch and fit in with that squad. Um, I think this is now where we're going to see how well, how managers the squad with Dubravka being a potential outgoing, and I know that might upset the squad a little bit because he's a big character in the dressing room and people like him a lot. Um, but we've got, no, as we've said a couple of times on other shows, there's no room for sentiment now. 
where we've shown at the weekend, and I'm I'm convinced that performance against Man City might be the deal breaker for some players who were humming and hawing about doing good in Castle United. Because they'll look at that game and say, hey, I want to beat some of that. I'll have some of that, thanks. Um, and we played our part in that. That atmosphere at the weekend is bloody electric. I want to play in front of that. I want to go and have some of all of that, thank you very much. And that may be the difference between getting a deal over the line or not for certain players. We know football players are fickle little thoroughbred resources sometimes with quirks and peculiarities and they need handled with care. And so anything that we can do as a fan base to help encourage these things is a great thing. And that, that result at the weekend and the atmosphere in St James's Park and all of that, I think, might just say it would be the tipping point between somebody who'll come or somebody who might not come because they'll look at that and say, hey, I want some of that, thanks. Unbelievable signing, um, isn't it? To be honest, um, Joe, it's, it's it's one which we've, we've been sitting waiting for, you and I doing the transfer show throughout the summer, um, you know, speculating, uh, separating the wheat from the chaff, giving our own opinions. We've had a few guests on, we've had a few of those infamous in the know accounts on and shared, shared the channel with journalists. But to finally see this guy, um, Isaac, being let out the, the little promo video and, you know, meeting the fans and hearing his first statement to the fans and what his intent is. And like Keith mentioned, hearing, uh, you know, another Swedish legend wax lyrical and and, emo, and, and and almost, you know, tell him, go to Newcastle, it's a sleeping giant. I mean, it's hairs on the back of your neck stuff, isn't it? The uh, just to reiterate, we've just spent over sixty million pound on a centre forward, gentlemen, um, and I think that's the bit that needs to sink in first. Um, I'm absolutely delighted, Steve, and yet it was a name that come slightly left field. I think we'd mentioned him probably once and just said, "Oh, there's a kid from, there's a Swedish kid. He's six foot. He fits the bill," and, and moved on. The beauty of what I love about this signing, not only about the quality of the footballer from the clips that I've seen. Um, I think you're right. I think when people like Zlatan Ibrahimovic are saying this kid potentially could be the next Henrik Larsson, that's praise beyond belief, you know. Um, and I think I think he's a, you know, we weren't expected to sign him. I think we were all sitting here this week thinking, when are we going to get that kid from Watford? And yes, that deal might go on. Um, but essentially what we've gone and done on the, on the quiet, if you like, is um, we've been over and spent £60 million on one of Europe's, um, you know, top centre-forwards, top young centre-forwards, you know. He's got all the promise in the world. He's got all the ability in the world. He's quick. Um, I'm assuming he can head a football if he's six foot four. Um, and I just love the fact that, that, that dare I say, some of the bedwetters in the, in, in, in the, in the, uh, in the fan base, Steve, were, were questioning whether this had been a good window or not. And you think, hang on, we've signed England's goalkeeper. We've signed Matt Target, who was solid as a rock. We've signed Sven Botman, who, given time and um, you know opportunity to settle in the Premier League, is going to be a majestic centre half. Um, we've just signed, you know, this absolute wonder kid, um, and potentially, as Mitch said, it might be followed up with Madison, Adoy, and God knows whoever else. It's been an absolutely stunning summer. Um, and yet, if we're going to do it again, Mitch, I hope you're right. Um, interestingly, the, the Moussa Diabe thing hasn't gone away. And like Keith said, and as much as I've been a critic of his, and I don't know what the dropped in his water on Saturday, on, uh, on, on Sunday against City, 
But if you can start to imagine this forward line with the likes of San Maximin and Isak and potentially whoever else we're going to bring in for 40, 50, 60 million to play down the right-hand side, we might start doing some damage all of a sudden. Um, so I'm delighted. He, he seems like a great lad, very level-headed. I don't know if you've had a chance to read this, uh, to listen to his interview yet. I haven't because I've been at work all afternoon, obviously. But if I had heard it, what I think I heard was um, he's very level-headed. He, he took his time to think about it, but he gets the club and he's looking forward to it. So bring it on. And I hope he plays on Sunday and I hope he gets a bag full. Steve, amazing, isn't it? I mean, you know, we're just sitting back um, soaking all of this in. Yeah, yeah, talking about soaking it in. Keith mentioned they're going to bed dreaming about it. At least now we know why you're waking up in the bed sweat, Keith, because you've been dreaming about Isak signing for Newcastle. <laughs> and now it's <laughs> but absolutely fantastic. I mean, you, you've gone through, and, and Keith mentioned some stats there, and so did Mitch, but... You, you look at it and you think, you know, what we've actually bought is we've bought a player who is third only to Erlen Haaland and, and Mbappe in that age band for, for goals in the last four or five seasons. That yeah. says an awful lot for the power in Newcastle United to be able to go away and pick up a player for that amount of money um, with that amount of talent and and where he could take this club going forward. Um, £60 million. Who would have dreamt last season this time last season that would have been getting £60 million signings. That's that's where this club has come from. You know, we've come from a we've come from a position where we could barely get players on loan to, to sign in £60 million talented Swedish internationals. Absolutely superb. Um naturally we're all buzzing. We've got to be buzzing. Anyone who's not buzzing over a signing like this really needs to get their head seen to they honestly do. And 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 I'm I'm with Mitch on this. I think it's it's not going to be the last. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we went in. You know what? It wouldn't surprise me if we broke our record again between now and and, and the uh, the close of the window with a midfielder. That's that's the sort of confidence I think level that's that's hitting there. And I, I was out on as you know on, on Saturday, Sunday at the match. And uh, Saturday, sorry, and I was with I was with actually with Alfie Holland, and I, I did ask him if it, if he could confirm or deny that uh, that Erling Holland had signed for Man City merely as, as a stepping stone to Newcastle, and uh, he didn't answer. He didn't answer. I think I brought him out. So I, I think there's something there's some potential there in the next few seasons as well, you know, because his father didn't deny it. I, I give him, you know. Um, Jan Aga Fjortoft, who was there at the time, he burst out laughing. He thought, was, Take the piss pot away, Steve. Steve, just cheer Aaron the Brit up because Aaron's a Man City fan. Big respect to him because Man City played a hell yeah. of a game last week. I mean, they're a great team, it's what Newcastle <clears throat> aspire to be over the next few years. And we hope that it's going to be Man City that we're going to be going toe-to-toe -to -toe with over the next few years. But you did have a little joke about um, a certain Roy Keane as well, didn't you? Yes, yes. So as, as we're driving along and, and, and sitting there, and uh, it was pointed out that it was asked whether whether Roy Keane comes to the Castle Games. And I said, no, he's not allowed in Newcastle. And uh, it, it was pointed out, is that because of what he did to the chap in the back? And I said, no, no, nothing to do with that. It's just the fact he was a Sunderland supporter. Ex-Sunderland manager, and also played for Man United. And uh, it was agreed on all three counts that A, the tackle that he put in Holland, B, be a former Sunderland manager, and C, 
uh, having played for the Reds, uh, was a good enough reason for him never to turn up in Newcastle. And uh, I think it was pointed out that you had no problem, Alfie. You were never, ever going to meet him in Newcastle. So uh, Alfie was, uh, was, was quite pleased with that one. But he said he would look forward to meeting him. Um, especially if he was with a load of Jodies. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Great stuff. Great start of the show. Uh, plenty coming in on the chat as well. I will try to get there a, co- a couple of your questions. We've got inundated with um, your, um, your your usual photographs and pictures, so we'll get into the day I met now. Yeah, I met where I ask you to send in photographs of you with uh, people from Newcastle United. It can be ex-players, ex-managers, uh, people who just work in the ticket office called Ken. It can be anybody. So uh, what have we got this week? Well, we've got uh, 100% mags. Uh, hi, guys. Here's one for the day I met from September of last year when my dad met Wal Gaza in the back page, Mickey Edmondson shop in the Metro Centre, while out with my sister. Yeah, he does get in there quite a bit, uh, but uh, great photograph. Thank you, uh, for sending that one in and the next one is this uh it's a, an old friend of ours in the chat Donald brains and uh that's him with andy griffin a uh, great yep. photograph uh, that uh Dunnell, i know you've got a a few which we'll probably share over the next few weeks if you've got a photograph of you uh, with somebody from newcastle united then please feel free to tweet me or one of the lads and we'll get you featured on the show <laughs> Don't forget, tonight, if you are a cult member and you've paid your 25 quid, your lifetime fee to become one, you're going to go into the monthly draw tonight. John will be uh, giving you until 6.45 to become a cult member. Uh, And what is the prize tonight? Well, it's uh, two Platinum Club tickets for Brentford at home. So... The members' draw is going to get to the match. So anybody, uh, if you're not a member, join up now. Go to nufcmatters.com. Uh, John posted in the chat. John, if you don't mind doing it again, I'll pin it to the top. I missed it because the chat was moving very quickly. Uh, but you've got a chance of winning two tickets. But you have to be a member to be in the members' draw. So get involved, nufcmatters.com, and uh, you will uh, be able to enter tonight. Your number will go in and you'll have a chance. If you've got a smartphone, uh, that helps you put your smartphone camera over the QR code now, and that takes you straight to the membership pack uh, side of things. What do you get? Well, you get a cup, a pen, membership card, a scarf. That's what you get for your 25 quid, plus entry into the monthly draw. So get yourself involved tonight. Uh, It is a great uh, prize. Keith, let's talk goalkeeping situation. Nick Pope proved his point. Um, you know, I think, you know, one or two of us were thinking, well, you know, he's going to use Dubravka at the start and then Pope will have to get his chance. Not a cat and else chance. Pope's come in, done really well, outstanding performances. And um, he's number one, and rightly so. It appears, although we've had no clarification of this, uh, that uh, Dubravka is not a happy chappy. 
and uh, rumours uh, that Manchester United want to take him. Uh, why we'd want to swap our bench for theirs, I have got no idea. Uh, but if he does go, and this is hypothetically because we don't know whether it's true or not, um, if he does go, do we need to bring another keeper in? Um, I would suggest we do, because I would say Darlow and Gillespie um, aren't good enough if Pope gets injured. I think the first thing you need to get out of the way is if Dubravka goes massively. We, we, as, we as weak on covering Pope as what we would be covering Wilson. It's as simple as that. And you can beat around the bush. I thought Darlow was brave when he got up after that horrendous challenge at, at Tranmere. And I think the lad gives his all. And I think he'd do a good job in the Championship or in the low end of the Premier League. But if you're going to try and get your team to be top eight, you need to make sure all your employees are top eight people. And Darlow just isn't good enough. It's as simple as that. He's, he seems a nice kid. Um, I don't, I, I don't like knocking people at the jobs. But as football fans, we're there to say, say what we say. And, and for me... Um, both of them, Gillespie and the, the, the keeper I'm more hopeful of is the lad that brought out Scotland. People there, you know, the young kid that's come down, they, they rave about him. They say the cracking kid that's coming through. But if, if Dubravka goes, we have to replace him as urgently as we went after a centre half and as urgently, as quick as you brought Pope in, you're going back to where you were. You're going back to one keeper. And Dubravka almost kept us up at times. And I didn't think Dubravka did a great job under Bruce. But Pope on his own is not enough. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think. And people going about saying he doesn't get injured much. Like, this is Newcastle. You know, you can guarantee we'll get to a semi-final and, and he'll be out injured and Darlow will play. And and for me, you know, I'm just a fan. Uh, but he flaps. You know, there's always one mistake in Darlow in a game. And 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 yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sit on the fence and talk shit and just pretend I don't see it. You know, my, my backside twitches when he plays because I just know there's a mistake in him. So go on to go on to Dubravka. His agent was um, rumouring literally as soon as Pope signed. I mean, we were always always in for a keeper. We went to Henson last year, and people knew that. And the rumour, well, it's more than rumour now, is that, that Newcastle were offering um, Dubravka against Henderson last season. So if that had happened, we still would have only had one top quality keeper if Henderson had come in um, for whatever reasons. And because of that's happened, and because of the way we trip with Lingard, I don't think we owe Man United any favours whatsoever. I think that get stuffed comes to mind straight away. And to me, I'd be asking them for a 10 million survival bonus. You know, if you lads still up, you might fancy, fancy giving us 10 million because that's the way you support us. And if you have a look at your form of the first three games, you're dog shit. It's only against Liverpool that you've actually fought back, which in essence is a local derby. But if you look against Brentford, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Be, be wanting Dubravka to go down with, without 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 a bonus for us. If Dubravka keeps you up, I mean, De Gea's not going to keep up with that performance. If you want to have a look at good keeper you've got, have a look at what De Gea did against Brentford. No, he was, he was flapping like a twat. So, so for me, I, I think Dubravka is as steady as a rock. I think he's way better than any 1B we've got. And I think if we're going to do what you're doing, the rumour I saw today, and he's, he's one of the most reliable guys, out there was Fabrizio Romano. He said he said that it was five million option to purchase. And I mean, I can I can read people saying, "Oh, I don't think you meant that." It doesn't matter what he meant; it's what he wrote. And I think he did mean what he was saying was it's a straight loan deal. 
Newcastle to send Dubrovka to Man United with an option to purchase a five million, right? And they don't have to take that option, but they can, they can take it if they choose. And you look at it and just go, and, and then somebody says he's 34 year old. 34 year old's a prime age for a goalkeeper. 34 year old, you know, 34 is a great age for a goalkeeper. And so, so for me, you know, like, look like Sir John Burridge and that. Look, 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 look at Paywood. Look at Schmeichel. You know what I mean? And so for me, I would be getting a lot more money than that. I'd want a five million or a seven million loan fee, and I'd want a ten million option to purchase minimum. But I'd only want that, and only let that deal go ahead after Newcastle signed into the goalkeeper. And you know, whether that's a young person that comes in who's going to challenge Pope, or whether that's a more mature person who's made his name and he wants the last transfer at Newcastle, then fair be it. But to, to go into the season after all this money you've spent, to go and spend sixty-three million on a centre forward, and then leave Pope and his own on goal with the coverage we've got, it would be well put this way. I'm not even worried because if us five can see it, this, 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 these owners and these coaches will have seen it a mile away. But I think what they'll be able to say that we can't, we'll be they'll be able to say dummies coming out of prams. They'll be able to say people work themselves in training or not want to play. And I think what was significant is. Uh, when Dubravka didn't play Tranmere, because you know, I, 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 I personally would have played him at the first game because I think he kept us up. I think he played great, and I would, have, you know, me and Steve Wraith both said the start with Dubravka's got to start. If if Dubravka had started, and then he hit bad form, and, you know, let three or four goals in one game and made a couple of errors, then maybe that's a chance for Pope to come in. But what's to stop that happening in the season? You know, we're going to be we're going to be fighting League Cup and FA Cup. We've got we've got a break at the World Cup. I mean, you know, Pope will go to the World Cup. People could get injured. I mean, Dubravka's just throwing the towel in. But what he's saying is, I'd rather, <clears> it appears, he's saying, I'd rather go to Man United and watch the gear play and stay at Newcastle and fight Pope for my jersey, which is how he should, should be feeling. I think his agent's stirred a lot out and I don't think he's going to. So, I, like, I'm sorry to say him go. And he'll go with, you know, the best gratitude that I could give someone. He's been an outstanding servant for Newcastle. Absolutely love the lad. And don't want to lose him. Even today, you know, I wish he would. You know, I wish his his head could be swayed back to St James's. But in saying that, when he when people don't want to be there, sometimes that's more harmful than people who who, who don't. And I, I just I just think, why do Man United any favors? Why not take the end of the window and they just say, no, we're not going to bother? Or why just not let Dubravka stay? For Man United, I wouldn't do anything. But if that's a straight. They take them as a as a, a loan deal. God, it's nonsensical, and I think that all we're doing is strengthen Man United's bench and weaken Newcastle's. I, I, it's it's a more stupid suggestion of the transfer window I've seen so far. Yeah, I, I just genuinely think it's crazy. I'll be disappointed if he goes, but then having an unhappy player is not a good thing either. So I'm sure we will get it right. Uh, Kevin says, ask this question yesterday: Who's the best? Uh, Dollar will need to move to progress. Yeah, I mean, look, Mitch, I, I would be disappointed if he leaves, but you can't keep an unhappy player. And, and like you have said time and time again, there is no room for sentiment. No, there's not. And I would actually disagree with a pay. It's not that long. We usually got short memories. It's not that long ago Dollar was putting performances in where people were saying yeah. he should be in the England squad. 
And I think you've got short, you've got short running. You, you might not be. Not me. I want to know Keith did the twats flap. I don't know what's that. That's it. I was at I was at the friendlies last year. I was down the front and I was singing Dolo Dolo, give us a wave, and he never waved once, Mitch. Well, there you go. You see. Um, I think you've got to look at it from the perspective of has an agent turned his head. He's a big, I gather, a big personality in the dressing room. People like him, and if you are shipping him out, or we're at the risk of upsetting the dressing room a little bit, and that's where the squad management comes in. Um, I flatly refuse to believe that if he's going to go on loan, there's no loan fee. There's nearly always a loan fee. The option to buy figure might be an offset. You pay this loan fee, you keep them for the season, and then if you want to complete the deal, it's another five million on top. And I think that would make more sense. That also makes more sense from balancing the books and looking at from an FFP point of view. If we're taking people in, people have to go out. And that's where the tough decisions happen. And I don't think we're particularly weaker. I don't think last season there was that much between Darlow and Debrabka for me. It wasn't quite a risen up here, but it was it wasn't as, as far apart as people think. Um, the more Darlow played, the more confident he looked when he did get a run in the side for me. Um, I don't think he did much wrong against Tranmere. He, he did flap a couple of times, perhaps, but we'll probably talk about Tranmere coming up and their attitude and the way they played the game. And the, one of the most abysmal refereeing displays I've seen in a long, long time. And worst uh, manager gave, interviews. <laughs> gave me... Gave me flashbacks of that championship season with the uh, with Rafa, where the referees just made it up as they go along. Um, but I think for me, um, I don't have a big problem with it. It's squad management. We've got four keepers. One has to go. Um, if Dubravka isn't happy sitting on our bench, I don't think he's a shoe in to then actually go and play at Man U. That's the bit I don't understand. Why are you happy to swap one bench for another bench? You might as well stay where you are and sit on our bench. But if we are looking to shift a keeper out and we've only got one keeper that's a, that there's big interest in, then for me, so be it. And you you cannot make decisions constantly in the back of their mindset that, oh, what if such and such gets a really bad injury? You know, um, if we could if we could make signings based on that, we would never let Les Ferdinand go just before she ran Nappy's ankle. You know, it, it, it is what it is. That's football. And we've got a squad that's there to, de- to deliver. We've got a manager that's there to deliver. And we've got to trust the process and trust the judgment on it. Um, would I be sorry to see Dubravka go? Well, yes, because he's a very solid part of the squad. And I know he's late in the dressing room. Um, I, I'll not take the good shot stopper argument because for me, they're all good shot stoppers. That's why they're Premier League goalkeepers. There's got to be more to it than that. And, and Pope looks more assured. I've got to say, I wasn't sure about Pope because the games I'd seen him play for Burnley, I wasn't actually that impressed with some of the things I saw from him, but to be honest with you, um, right now, he's in the driving seat and he looks comfortable. Um, and I think now, <coughs> yes, I would like to see we turn over Man U, you know, the way with the pistol around with Lingard. Let's play, let's play hardball back the other way. And if there is a big loan fee associated with it, then happy days. We'll take that money. Okay. Joe, your views on the whole Dubravka situation? I was going to say he's a good shot stopper, but Mitch is going to shout at me. Um, I think, what do I think? I think 
I think you're right. I think we don't keep unhappy footballers. It doesn't fit in with what Eddie Howe's trying to do. Is there a measure of the man or is there a measure of his agent certainly in there somewhere that the second you get dropped, um, I take your ties are out the pram and away you go. Uh, would he weaken our squad? Absolutely. Um, but interestingly, as the guys were talking there, I was thinking to myself, and it's probably just my lack of knowledge. Um, I'm not that nerdy despite my looks, but uh, you know, I couldn't name your number twos of any of the other clubs. I could name you all the number ones all day long. But so, in terms of this thing about we have to have two, you know, world class goalkeepers, if that's what we're saying, do we really? Do goalkeepers ever really get injured, as Mitch has said? Um, so I can see both sides of the argument. Is Carl Darlow the answer? No, absolutely not. I, you know, and I think. I think that's that that time a few seasons back when Darlow did come in when Debravka had his long injury. I, I thought he was really, really poor, um, to be fair. We had high hopes for Woodman. He never made it. Gillespie just looks like he's at me just doing a bit of training and going home again. So, uh, But you're right. Do you keep four, five, six goalkeepers on your books? Absolutely not. Um, and, and, you know, we're signing £60 million footballers. The, the 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 wage bills going up something has to give um Dubravka wasn't Eddie Howe's goalkeeper uh, you know so is there a statement there to say look mate you know you've done a good job for the previous manager or two but uh, you know Pope's my man and, and off you trot um so I wouldn't be adverse to seeing him go to be honest um I completely agree if he goes to any of the so-called big clubs uh, or, or the big clubs what's the point? Because he isn't getting in any of their first teams. Um, and if he's not getting in their first teams, why on earth should he be getting in Newcastle United's first team? Um, so for me, yeah, yeah he, he can go and we'll hope that Darlow, you know, pulls his socks up. Steve, your views on Dubravka? You know what? I'm listening to everything that the lads are saying. They're talking about injuries. They're talking about goalkeepers not getting injured. Pope went down in about the 70th minute with an, with an ankle injury on on Saturday and I thought, oh, oh here we go, here we go. Yeah. You know, he's played he's played two games. This is his third game and he's and he's down injured. Um he does get injured. Goalkeepers do get injured. There used to be a time when goalkeepers could play 100, 120 plus games consecutively, you know, while while Steve Harper's sitting on the bench getting spelts in his backside. You know, that's what that's what happened with Shea Given, and it happened with many, many other goalkeepers. Um, at many, many other clubs, the regular goalkeeper who plays regularly 38 games a season. Um, but it's it sometimes once a goalkeeper gets injured, he then gets another injury and another injury, and they start to build up. And I, and I think I think that Pope is one of those type of goalkeepers that what he, he, he is susceptible. Um, I don't know why, I, I don't know whether it's the way that he jumps or the way he lands or whatever, but you know, maybe he's one of those. Athletic type goalkeepers that throws himself all over the place and then can get a get a shoulder injury or uh, the you know he comes out he jumps high for the ball and he can go over on his ankle as seemed to happen and then of course you then get in the sort of situation that occurred on on Wednesday night where somebody couldn't go through a goalkeeper like the Tranmere striker did you know with malice in, in, in every in every sinew of his body as he went into Dolo with that with that absolutely atrocious tackle. So it, it's 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 really interesting to, to hear the debate. What I would also add is that, that we'll, we'll make this big thing about certain people in the press who know what's going on. We we have you know you have a you have a certain sports channel uh, on TV that is rolling twenty four hour news where they bring out experts and those experts come on and they sit in front of millions and millions of people 
and they spout stuff that millions and millions of people believe. One in particular during the week who said that this is a fantastic move for Manchester United. They're getting a player and he'll be really excited for uh, for Ten Hag because it's a goalkeeper who can play with his feet. A goalkeeper who plays the ball with his feet and can start a different style of football for Manchester United. At which point I would hope 52,000 Newcastle fans screamed at the telly and went, are you joking? He can't kick a ball for toffee. You know, he has never been able to distribute the ball with his feet. It's not in his game. He's a goalkeeper who will slow the game down to the point and Darlow, by the way, will slow the game down to the point where, you know, it's given it's given bloody Joe's dad a chance to come back from the bar. You know, that's how that's how long it gets slowed down, you know. That's slow. Don't, that's, don't be being, you're being slow. silly now. That's slow that mate. But, you know, this is but but we're, we're now being we're now being brought up on stuff like this. We're now being brought up. Let's let's bring Paquetta into the into the discussion very, very slightly because we're brought up today on people saying, Oh yeah, yeah, I've just thought Paquetta, oh, he's got a bit of an attitude problem, he's a bit of a showboater, that's why we haven't bought him. That's never been mentioned since uh, January until Wednesday when a bloke went on the same TV program and spouted the same sort of crap, you know, and all of a sudden we're all believing that as well. Don't believe what these idiots in the press come out with, man. It's 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 garbage. It's garbage. They're no less than the bloody groundsman, you know. It, it it really annoys me. So yes, everything you guys have said, Darlow is he, he's, he's probably not the number two that we're looking for if we are a, a go-ahead club. Um that it that you do need a, a good number two. Um if the Brab gets thrown his bottle out the pram and 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 wants to go and and sit in, in Manchester on his own in a hotel and then sit on a bench at Old Trafford week in, week out, and travel on a Wednesday and Thursday, coming back on a Thursday night because they're in some sort of Europa League or something, then fair enough. Go for it, son. But uh, you're dropping down. You're dropping down. You're not You're not going up. You're dropping down in terms of in terms of where you're heading, if that's where your mindset is. And if you do go, good luck to you. Quite happy for you. Um, and your Cassie United will move on. Yeah, just uh, you were talking about uh, Joe's dad having time to come back from the bar. Um, somebody sent in a photograph of somebody avoiding the bar. I don't know who it is. Like it's. Um... <laughs> I, I rest my case, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> and you were getting to use that in the wrong way, uh, what Keith. A, what an asshole you are. <laughs> the, pub, the pub was empty inside as well because he's standing and wasn't anybody wanted to go in. <laughs> Classic. Uh, as always, plenty to get through. Uh, we're going to go for Tweet of the Week now. i to say a big thank you to Zara. She's becoming a bit of a, a Tweet of the Week uh, legend now because I, I tend to go around and, and look for a few myself, but uh, Zara's just getting better and better with some of her tweets. So uh, we'll start with a bit of wisdom uh, that somebody sent us this week, and it's this. A foolish man complains of his torn pocket, while a wise man uses it to scratch his balls. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Always going to have a bit of wisdom on this show. Um, the Man City scoreline certainly rattled Liam Gallagher. Come on, you Geordie Bumbler <laughs> Uh 
Bestie sent him a photograph of him in a Newcastle top. Uh, Liam Gallagher was putting, should be pumping Newcastle United home and away. Fair play to Adam Pearson. Don't look back in anger. I think that was used a few times by people. And there's our own John Justice Allen at the bottom. Two years' time, you'll be begging for a draw, which is, <laughs> which is a good one. Uh, again, don't look back in anger. Chris uh, got that one in as well. But plenty of uh, plenty of uh, good-natured good banter with Liam Gallagher after last week's... Uh, so we seem to be getting a lot of these Facebook uh, requests these days. And uh, I did like this one. Uh, ooh, are ah, just a little bit. Ooh, are ah, Elizabeth Moore. <laughs> Thanks for that. I do like them. I do like them. Uh, this one, uh, Scarred for Life. Dear Castoria, I ordered the new white and green NUFC top three months ago and I've received this today. <laughs> God almighty, you would be gutted like. That is nearly as, well, that is worse than Paul getting those three Everton tops from DHK. Mark Wallace and then and a Wobble UC. I like that one. Brilliant. Very good, Brilliant. Very good. Uh, Dubois uh, losing to a manager that calls the sport soccer is top two worst feelings of all time. And it's not second. <laughs> <laughs> Demba Bar, I don't care what you were all saying. I'm in love with St. Maximin's football. Our so Centre forward of this parage agreeing with uh, Keith Patterson wholeheartedly after his display last week. News for them, I do like this as well. Alexander Uzik given extra belt for enduring Anthony Joshua's speech. <laughs> yeah, that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. It was. It was. Uh, Mark Wallace, uh, De Bruyne, softer, softer than Pelé's <laughs> appendage. <laughs> And Danielle Blake, as an Arsenal fan, I can't imagine what blowing a lead at St James's Park feels like. <laughs> uh, Luke says, I love Kieran Trippier, Eddie Howe, uh, Joe Allington, Bruno, Supermac, Anton Deck, Beatboxing, Spider-Man, Lauren Robert, Cheryl Gazza, Linda Spawn, Sam Fender, the lad that called me Geordie at the pub, Guinness, Peace Pudding and Emil Kraft. Brilliant. Very good. Brilliant. Zara... Uh, our very own Zara says, ah, after 25 plus years following NUFC at Jazzadal, still thinks like a yank. We need to regroup. Can we call a timeout? <laughs> Lots of this Jesse Marsh stuff is hilarious. Uh, Don Abel says, casually suggesting Pickford out. I think you're right. Uh, I think a lot of people would think that uh, that is a good idea. 1998, don't get in a car with strangers. 2008, don't meet people from the internet alone. <clears throat> 2022, Uber. Order yourself a stranger from the internet to get into a car with alone. <laughs> I love I love those kind of uh, comparisons. Uh, Alison Maximin decided to start his own off. <laughs> Quality. Class. Very good. Uh, Wes Birdine, Jesse Marsh to Tuchel. Look at me. Look at me. It's called soccer now. <laughs> Uh, Bumble Ward says, I met someone who, was, uh, who has a chicken called Chickler's Cage and a duck named Quacky Chan. My life is complete. <laughs> uh, Manchester Evening News had some good news. Man who stole Viagra from pharmacy is not a hardened criminal, says his lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and Randall Bell, don't think he wants another relegation fight, to be honest, in response to this Maximum. <laughs> you do know that I like me photos on this show, lads. Plenty of uh, old photos kicking around. And one of my favourite accounts is United and E5 West End. England and Newcastle under 15s player 
Uh, Lee Clark pictured with a trophy after a 2-0 win over Brazil at Wembley. Great photo, that. Some absolute belters uh, on there. I've got a few more for the next few weeks. Rob Albright says, Newcastle United, we've gone from Neto's at Ashington bus station to Harrods London overnight. It's <coughs> wonderful. Uh, we'd all agree with that. All right. Alex Hurst, uh, the Man City game. People just need to get on board with this. We're class. We're absolutely class. Embrace it. Live it. Enjoy it. Need to score again. But even if we don't, it's still true. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the 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 breakdown last week in uh, in three tweets. Jack, Jack, are you there, mate? Says Pete Redding. <laughs> Very subtle. Very good, Pete. Uh, Lee says uh, he's a Manchester City fan. The atmosphere here today is incredible. I've got a feeling that Grealish's daft comments have stoked the fire. Either way, I've not seen us this rattled for a long time. They are so up for it. The home crowd have been non-stop. Very good to hear away fans giving us a bit of praise. 1987 has just rang and asked Jesse Marsh if he could have his stonewashed jeans back. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Stephen Kennedy on Facebook. Well, I've got a Facebook account. Get yourself over to NUFC Matters. We've got a group and a page. Give it a follow and a like. I hacked into Keith Patterson's Facebook account and discovered this gem. My guardian angel a day after looking after me. Did <laughs> <laughs> say that? This one was sent in for this one was sent in for Stu Perman, I think. Uh, for those who can't get enough, it's an app with uh, beer on it. Uh, I don't think it's any good to the lads win, I'm afraid, mate, because that's uh, it's just not real beer. I'm afraid it just won't do. <laughs> uh, this one from Kieran D uh, Drea on Instagram. Uh, no more Man United shirts, please. Uh, fam. <laughs> and I did like this one. Waking up after the sesh. To find you as a beauty young player. <laughs> That's excellent, that. That is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, this one was sent in by Joe. Uh, me and Pato are doing the crossword live on air. Give it a watch. That is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Two down, four across. Well me out. And UFC matters. And this one uh, from Rocky Toon. The other day at a thrift store, I bought an old record uh, album called Sounds Wasps Make. When I got home and played it, I said to myself, this doesn't sound anything like wasp sounds. Then I realised I was playing the B-side. <laughs> oh, I'd say, I'd say the snooker player's jokes, huh? Yeah, yeah. He's, oh, don't worry, he's still on. Don't, we, haven't, we haven't stolen his thunder. Uh, this one from Jordan Jedi talking about Anthony Joshua. He went from fighter to drunk uncle at a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I love That's that. class. What a stupid speech that was, wasn't it? It was, I did well. Echoing what the lads were saying before, remember when Man United wanted to charge us £47 billion loan fee for Lingard <laughs> and send us the proverbial answer machine when we inquired for Henderson? Therefore, the starting price for Dubravka for us to even answer the phone to them should be £25 million minimum. Very Quality. good point, Dave Well, Quality. Very good, very good point. And uh, this one, uh, SAFC, uh, you're going to the match with your last man, you gimp. Rob Albright says, you go to the match to take a dump. <laughs> who can ever forget that young lad yeah who went viral uh, ready to go message board always something good on there this is the prediction before last week's Manchester City game I cannot see the home team getting a shot on target like yeah. <laughs> and tweet of the week we'll go all political with this one I see Greece has problems with pieces of shit in the sea too <laughs> <laughs> 
Keep them coming in, uh, especially Zara. We do like your uh, your tweet, Zara. 30-plus this week. I had to siphon through, but uh, absolutely brilliant. Keep them coming in, uh, and everybody else, please, will like to feature them on the show. Right, let's go on to this. Uh, Gary Finnegan, Scott. What did you think of Darren Eel's interview, Keith, yesterday? He seems the real deal. Now, I don't know if you've had time to watch it. It's on yeah. UFC TV, so I might yeah. have caught one or two of you off guard here with it. But it was only 18 minutes long. I watched it today myself. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Wow, what a breath of fresh air having somebody who speaks like that. It, it did take me back, and I know Freddie Fletcher wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but he took me back to that <laughs> era. Freddie Fletcher knew exactly what he was doing. He might have been a bit of a Alsatian, you know, he had a bit of a bite, but his bark was worse than his bite. He was actually yeah. a, a good, good businessman and rest, you know, rest in peace, Freddie. Um, he did a lot of good for Newcastle, commercially turned Newcastle around under John Hall. Didn't Doesn't get the praise he deserves, but I think Darren Eels is in the same kind of ilk. Um, what, what do you think about him? If, if you haven't heard the interview, just give us your, your views on him and, and what he's going to bring to the club now that he's officially on the payroll. Yeah, I watched the interview. Um, I think when you go back to Fletcher, Fletcher was Marmite. And and when Fletcher took the fan seats off them on Save Our Seats campaign... Yeah, you were involved in that. I was, yeah, me, Steve, Steve Hirst, he was involved in, in a lot more. Yeah. And Colin Whittle and the boys. And, and they thought the club, you know, to take the own club to court is... is, is mm. I don't know. That was, a, that was a big blot on his copybook. But it, I, I know him, I knew him personally. Yeah, and I think prior it, to that, the guy did a great job. It was it was a it was like last chance saloon stuff. But when you look at what he did do, apart from that, he was exceptional. And and when he did the commercial deals he did and some, some of the people he brought in, they said he was extremely hard negotiator. Like obviously like a Rottweiler on the outside, but then at the same time. He, he had the club at heart. So, so since then, I don't think we've had anybody close that, that that's that's come at the club. You know, when you look at some of the people that came in, you know, from the casinos and what have you, and and you look at them and think, you know, they just they, they didn't um, sort of sell themselves to the fans, and they didn't give out a persona that they were doing something. When Darren Eels came on, the first thing you saw was a bloke that was comfortable in his own skin. He was comfortable talking. He was. Uh, personable. Um, he was, he's obviously a great presenter. He's got a lot of experience. But he spoke about, he, he, he more or less encapsulated American football. It's like that. But Newcastle's opportunity was so great that he couldn't walk away and he couldn't pass up on it. It was like a chance of a lifetime. So when I listened to him, I thought, Jesus, he could have got the job at Man City Liverpool, anywhere, you know, he is in he is in the top top league, and I think Ashworth's the same. I think that we've got people in jobs now that we've never had. You know, we never had. I mean, I, you know, I've got to say to you now, not since Keegan Robson's days have I seen some of the football that how we're starting to play because because we 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 doing things so much differently. But with Darren Eels, you're giving somebody someone who's been in a job a week, and he talks about the opportunity, and and. We had some chat on on the, amongst the matters lads. I know Mitch and Steve were talking, but you've got to put it in perspective. He can't fail at this job. He cannot fail. He can only do better. He can either do great or he can do better than great. Because never before has there been an opportunity where a fan base has been so united behind owners like this has been. 
Never before has a club been unsuccessful since 1969 in Europe and 55 in, in the league to come in 2022 and say, right, there's a load of money. You've got the richest club in the world backing you. Make it happen. So he's obviously going to get deals that's going to come to us because of who we are, what we are, and the fact that we play attractive football. We're hugely successful. But the difference with him is he'll take them deals to double and he'll take them deals 50% beyond what any other person would because that's when his skill set will come in. But how can he fail? We've not, we, and I, you know, I'm not saying we should sell them, but the ground, if it was a Ramcourt St. James's and we got 150 million for it, or we got a, a world-class play, if you got a Haaland in place of that, you'd say, oh, I'll have that. The training ground's got no rights. The training kit's got no, no sponsorship on it. The shirt sponsorship's about to die. We've, we've only seen one deal, which is the slave sponsorship, that's anywhere near like the kind of deals we've got to do. So everything this guy does is going to turn to everything he touches. It's going to be like Midas. It's going to turn to gold because he's he's following on some people that just didn't. We, we didn't even sell advertising rights. If you think about it, you know all the ground sponsorship, all that's being given away, or it's being part of another deal, another funded. So what Darren Eels is coming, he's coming to a dream job, but you have to be pretty poor to fail. I think. I think what. He's going to do is he's going to more than succeed. So, well, so success is going to look, you know. But, but if you just saw the naming rights in Newcastle, if you just saw, I mean, the East Stand sitting there, I mean, if that was Saudi Airways, like, it, it, you know, and, uh, the millions that come in that would be more money than this club's seen in the, in the past 20 years for any sponsorship deals. So, so he, he, he was highly impressive to listen to. He's got an excellent pedigree, he's come for the right reasons. He is the right kind of guy, but by God, has anybody got a podium to stand on and a platform to look brilliant? It's this fella. He's got, he's got the world at his feet. More than any of the players, this fella has got the commercial opportunity that nobody else will get in football because of the 14-year of inactivity and lack of sponsorship and lack of advertising. There's been a complete dearth of all those things. And all of a sudden, this fella's going, right, crack on. We want to make it commercial. Ah, oh, You know, Stevie Wonder could see, could, could look at this and say, Christ almighty, my nana could do some of this. I just, I just, yeah, I have no, no doubt at all that he's going to do even better. But, but, but there's going to be deals flying at us, left, right and centre. Man United have a deal. Like, they, they get sponsored on the tyres, on the car tyres, there's a, there's a Man United car tyre sponsor. And, I, and yeah, I think it's Michelin, but, but what it says, and it, it's, it, people get people millions for that. Keith, they've got an official tractor sponsor, man. Yeah, they, well, you know what I mean? So, but, so they use, they're using tractors on training grounds and on the club. But let's suppose they only buy one tractor a year. It's not worth sponsoring a club. They're not a big buyer. It's the exposure that the brand will mm-hmm. give to the tractor company. So, so if a tyre company is going to sponsor Man United, there's one thing certain the players don't get told what tyres to put on. Yeah. So it's not as though they get trade out of it. They just get exposure for the brand. They get their, their brand associated. This is all going to come at your castle in a, in, in, in a raft of money that you've never dreamt of. And that's why, Mitch hit it earlier, there's no FFP. Simon Jordan, for Simon Jordan to do a speech and say there's no risk of FFP here, 
is mammoth. You know, it's, 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 it's hundreds of millions they could spend now. What you don't want to do is spend it all on going doing Everton. But this fella's yeah. coming in, and every deal he puts on to what we spend, let's suppose we, let's suppose now we spend this year's 170 million, and you know, one big one to come. And, and he comes in and he adds on a shirt sponsorship, then he sells the name of the East Stand, then he puts a, you know, a ramp court St. James's, and then he sells the, the training ground rights, then he sells the training kit, then he gets the fire sponsor and the trapper sponsor and the you know, incontinence pad sponsor. You, you put all these together, put them together, put, put the different food in the ground. This guy's going to bring billions into this football club. It's going to be so big what happens here. And, and he can't fail. That's the truth of it. He is the right man, but he cannot fail. Okay, Mitch, your views on uh, Mr. Eels' interview? It was a very articulate interview. Somebody who knows football very well realizes the size of the task he has that he's come into. Um, I think it's revealing if you look at the, the level of experience he has as a qualified barrister. He's worked in multiple roles in different football clubs as legal counsel, as club secretary, as commercial director, and, and, and. And so he knows all the many different moving parts of the football club and how they should be working together and how to maximize how they work together. Um, to give you an idea of the size of the task he's got, it's not it's really not that long ago. While the Mackins were still in the championship the last time, um, they had a bigger commercial department than us under Ashley. That's the that's the level of task he's got to build all of these things back in, and that's just one area. Still do um, still do. Right? Yeah. And so um I think it's fascinating to listen talk about Atlanta United. They were an expansion franchise. He was employee number one at Atlanta United, brought in to build everything from the ground up. And bearing in mind, Atlanta's a challenge to get football integrated where they've got a strong NFL team, they've got a strong baseball team. Uh, college sports are huge, and, and particularly so again in Atlanta. If you look at the, the college teams in and around Atlanta, um, that big college team, big followers. And he's managed to turn them into a top six MLS franchise. And he did it all himself, effectively, as employee number one. Um, the guy's got talent and the guy's got smarts. And he's fan-focused. But again, talking about every decision he makes in the back of his mind is, hang on, how, how if I was a fan, if I did that, how would they react? And that's you couldn't get any more diametrically opposed to, hey, we're renaming St. James's Park and everybody finds out at 6 a.m. when somebody turns up with a crowbar to prize it off the wall <laughs> and not even and not even the press officer had been warned it was going to happen by Derek Lambayas. You know, you, you, you couldn't get any different. And I think that's what we've got coming in. We've got somebody who's a real special talent, knows football well. Again, listen to his background. He was... An academy player himself calls himself a failed footballer. Well, if that's a, if that's a measure of failure, I'd, I'd like to know what success is. Because um, the guy, I, I was really surprised when he was appointed again. I knew we were sniffing around various people, but that never name never popped out to me at all. And I was delighted when I heard the name because I knew his background from me interested in American sports and how well he's done building that uh, Atlanta United from zero. 
absolute zero employee number one built it from nothing pretty much foundations and everything laid by him so and he sees I suspect multiple opportunities with the Cassidy United to think my god what can we do with this um, he's now moving up to the next level and it's going to be an interesting journey to get Darren Eels then, Joe, um, somebody, it was Chris Smart, said he, uh, when he first heard the name, he felt there was something fishy about him. <coughs> Very good joke, Chris. Uh, they're all at it in the chat tonight. But yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's a consumer professional, isn't he, who's going to take us to the next level. Can I do Did he say sponsored incontinence pads? Is that what he said? Yeah. He did, yeah. yeah. I thought he did, yeah. yeah. I thought he did. It's clearly um, right. He's not doing the crossword tonight. He's writing his yeah, shopping list out. Yeah, you've got a vested interest in them, haven't you, Pato? Um, for us, we... we just remember to add them to his shopping list, huh? He's doing it now. <laughs> we uh, we talked about this guy on the Monday night, didn't we? And interestingly, we talked about what type of a transfer window we've had. Uh, we've also signed Dan Ashworth and Darren Hill. Um, let's not forget that. I think Mitch is right. I think Keith's right. There's, you know, what a job. Imagine, imagine, you know, you've literally got a blank canvas. Um, he hasn't really got a starting point. Um, and to come in with the backing and the support of the ownership and basically say, hey, um, come and be employee number one, which is effectively for us, you know, what he needs to do. Um, interesting about the commercial deals, thinking externally and the work we've got to do, whether it be sponsor, corporate sponsorship, um, certainly thinking about match day hospitality and expanding that kind of experience, uh, you know, at St. James's Park, all going to be generating revenue that, that, as Keith said, you know, we've never seen. But interestingly for me, one of the things that I hope this guy does is fixes what goes on inside our football club so fans can stop talking about having a crap experience when they're going to the club shop. They're having a crap experience trying to get a pint. We're having a crap experience trying to buy a ticket, you know, and getting through to the ticket office. And all of these things that are really, really important, to, you know, to, to us as me immortal fans. Um, so, yeah, I can see why we might need to rename the East Stand. I can see why we might need to get some training sponsors uh, you know, some sponsorship on our training gear. But this guy talks a hell of a lot about the experience of the likes of us um, and the people that follow our channel. Um, and it's the one thing that the last lot didn't do. They didn't talk about the heritage. They didn't talk about the opportunity. Um, you know, the runners on a shoestring and, and we got, you know, we got what we deserved ultimately. Um, so I think I think for us now, thinking about, you know, if this guy is, you know, and long gone are the days, we don't need to sell Bruno now to generate the money. We need to get a sponsorship on a, on a, on a football shirt and that's a very different world. So... I'm all for it. I love the guy talking about, you know, uh, interacting with the fans and, and getting opinions on what's your favourite beer and, you know, do you prefer brown sauce or red sauce? It, you know, these are the things that are important. Um, and I think it's fantastic. And, uh, you know, to think that we are now running, I've said it before, I'll say it again, we are running a proper multinational, multi-million pound organisation. Um, and to be able to do that, you need the top people, and I'm certainly starting to believe now that we absolutely have got the top people involved. So there you go, mate. There's the keys to St. James's. Get your feet up on your desk and make it happen, and and I envy him because what a job. Yeah, Steve, I mean, it's it's like being given the keys to uh, Willy Wonka's factory, really, isn't it? <coughs> you know, we've, we've, it talked is. about, we've talked about the job that Eddie Howe has got. It's, it's it, you know, if you muck it up, um, at least you've had a, you know you've had an opportunity to, to, to be in charge of something special um, and it's the same for anyone who, brought, who was brought in do your job properly do it to the best of your ability 
and achieve what you know what the owners want and you know the the world's your oyster at this moment in time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm hoping what we've got in Darren Eels is a smiling assassin. He's coming over very well. He's smiling at us all. He's sitting there, but I'm hoping that behind the scenes he's got he's got a dagger that he can stick wherever he wants to stick it successfully uh, to get what he needs for Newcastle United. Um, and let's start off on the commercial side. Let's hope that he's starting off looking at Castore. Let's hope he's starting to look at at, at at where the, what the situation really is with that company and what its links are or 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 not uh, with certain individuals. Let's let's hope that he's 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 getting to the bottom of why Castori only sells kit, doesn't sell anything else in the foot in in the club shop. Anyone who walks into a club shop now used to be able to buy all sorts of things. Um, now you 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 literally can buy Castori clothing and that's it. There's nothing. There's no, there's no such thing as Newcastle United memorabilia anymore. For that, you go to Mick Edmondson in his shop, and even that, anything with a Newcastle badge, has been wiped out for one reason or another. Um, there's there's something f- fishy been going on, um, and that's not a pun, by the way. That's no link to Darren Eels. Okay, before anyone else decides that they're going <laughs> to on the on the list there. But there's all there's been something fishy about this Castori deal for a while. Um, y- y- you. He'll get to the bottom of it. He'll get it right. It might cost the football club something to put it right. Um, if not, there'll be changes that we're going to have to we're going to have to stomach. There's changes that we may have to we have to live with for for the best of of Newcastle United. Um, for him to get the the commer- the, the commercial um, exploitation, I'll use that that word because that's what that's what commerce is. It's an exploitation of your supporters. Um, you exploit your your own um, commercial prowess, and you pass that that on, and you get people to buy into it. Um, I want him to exploit Newcastle United's name, and to get that name out there. Uh, you mentioned in the East Stand. You mentioned that the, the, there's also the the Gallagher end. Um, there's so much more that can be done at Newcastle United, but it's going to take time. Um, and I'm hoping that he's the right man that can do that. I'm sure he is, and. and Keith's right. I, I posted up and said, I think he's got the easiest job in football now because he's going to come in and he's he's got, he's got the 52,000 matchday crowd behind him. He's got the 300,000 people who live on Tyneside behind him and he's got the millions of people around the world who are now going to support Newcastle United and watch us climb up the league. And and to come in at, at the level, I mean, he, he went into Atlanta, as Mitch says, at base level as the first person in and built a football club. This football club's already established. And this football club's not just been established since 1892, but it's also had a rebirth last year, and it's and it's found its soul again. And then he comes in, he comes into a... He's not coming into a soulless place. He's not coming into an empty shell of a football club. He's coming into probably the most exciting football club in the world at the moment in terms of the way the fan base is. And then he's going to start working with it to make it even better. That's why we've got to embrace him. He's he's going to enjoy the journey, and I think the fans will make him enjoy the journey as well. He's going to have he's going to have the 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 complete one hundred percent support of a of a board a boardroom, a directors and owners because they have already told him the direction they want them to take it, and he's basically been going to be handed a, a free check to get that done. Um, it's it's a fascinating 
um, next few years that we're going to see. Um, and I'm I'm sure that, that he's going to embrace it uh, the way that we want him to, because we're going to be part of the journey with him. Um, whether it's because we can get nicer beer, whether we can get served quicker in the bar, whether we can get something to eat that's actually tasteful rather than tasteless, whether we can get a pie that's not going to take the roof of your mouth off or is going to the bottom's going to pull out of it when you take it out of the silver tray, all of that type of stuff. Um, you know, we, we, we did have this thing, Mitch and I, we talked about it before, when Man City got taken over and the first thing that the owners did was they got together and they started looking at all of the all of the the, the match the experience for the basic fans, the fans like us. Um, yeah, do you want? You know, what type of chips do you want? Which sort of pie? And um, what else would you like? What sort of condiments should be available, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. They did all of that. They got it right with the fans first. Then they then they attacked the commercial side, attacked the businesses that wanted to hook onto that, and that's what Darren Eels will be doing. Um, and he'd be doing with gusto. And you, you go back to Manchester United and all their, their sponsors. I think Manchester United, one of their main shirt sponsors was a car company. And I read somewhere that that car company sold 28 cars in the UK in one particular year. That's what it meant to that company. It wasn't there to sell cars. It was there to hang off the back of the name Manchester United worldwide. That's all they wanted. They wanted the kudos. That's what Manchester United got. So we worried if we ended up with a company sponsoring us that we've never heard of um, because they'll be paying an awful lot of money for it. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to our sponsors, uh, as always. And we'll start with Skips and Bins. Uh, telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay as you go waste collection. Thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, independent funeral directors. You can find them at 304 Old Durham Road, Gateshead. Telephone 0191 478 2730, email darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk or go to the website darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.gohd.com. Thanks to Mr. Vicky Sources, Handmade in Cumbria. You can find them at mrvickys.co.uk or by ringing 01768 210102. Thanks to Away Day Clothing and to Media Arts for the video technology. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. If you are a first-time visitor to the channel, then please hit the subscribe button. Uh, you can find that at the NUFC Matters button in the bottom right-hand corner. Hit the thumb up to like the video, which does us a big favour. Click share to share to different groups on Facebook or Twitter or on LinkedIn, yet yeah, social media. It helps grow the community. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and the rest. Usually goes up 24 hours after the show has finished. You've got about 25 minutes left until the members draw. How do you become a member? Well, you can use this QR code with your smartphone. It'll take you straight there. You pay a one-off £25 fee, and uh, you go into the monthly draw tonight in 25 minutes, giving away two Platinum Club tickets for the match against Brentford. What do you get for your £25? You get a cup, a pen, a scarf, and your membership card, and, of course, enter into the monthly draw. If you subscribe, you also get a car sticker, and uh, you can subscribe for free, and then email john at nufcmatters.com. He will post one out. Don't forget, 
The food bank uh, bucket is a virtual bucket. It's there all year round. You can make a donation. Nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. And uh, we are always supporting that week in, week out. Peter Beasley Soccer School coming to an end uh, for the summer. You can still book on by going to the website, though, peterbeasleysoccerschool.com. All the information is there for when the next soccer school is available. John from QTech also does his uh, uh, monthly giveaway, and he gives you the clues. Well, the first clue, just as a recap, was Zazon. The second clue was silver medal winner, 2020 Summer Olympics. And this week's clue, Pamplona. Pamplona. So write those three clues down. You'll have a fourth and final clue next week. And then uh, the first person in the chat to give us the answer to the question will have a chance of winning a prize. Now it's time for our friend, Elliot. Just found out who's been stealing me beetroot, says Elliot. He caught them red-handed. Oh, Elliot. <laughs> Very good, oh, Elliot. Yeah. Keep them coming, mate. Keep them coming. Uh, okay, as always, we like to look ahead uh, to uh, the weekend's fixture. And, of course, Newcastle United uh, travel to Wolves. Uh, it's this coming Sunday. It's kick-off at 2 o'clock live on Sky Sports. Uh, the away end, uh, 3,000 tickets is, as you would expect, sold out. Newcastle, of course, travelled to Birmingham without John Joe Shelby. Callum Wilson, who uh, was confirmed, is out for two weeks. Emil Kraft, still no news on his injury after the Tramia Cup tie. Uh, but Ryan Fraser, Jamal Lascelles and Dan Byrne should all be available for selection. And, of course, the availability of... Uh, Alexander Isaac, uh, well, it'll be confirmed, I'm sure, very soon as to whether he has been signed in time. Uh, but one would imagine uh, he will probably feature. Uh, referee at Wolves is Peter Banks and on VAR, which has been switched on remarkably in a couple of Newcastle games already this season, is Lee Mason. Uh, at uh, this moment in time, don't have any indication of uh, who is available for Wolves. Uh, but uh, we do have plenty of information to give you. And I did promise you at the start of the show, we would have a little new section. Hasn't got any music yet. That is work in progress. Uh, but just giving you a little heads up as to what to expect at Wolves from Scunthorpe, Paul. Scunny Mark. Hi, folks. Paul here. Quick away guide for those travelling to Wolves for the 2pm kickoff on Sunday. If you're going down by train, you can get the cross-country service bound for Plymouth change at Birmingham and then take the transport for Wales service to Aberystwyth, which will drop you at Wolverhampton. That's the quickest way if you're going via Birmingham. There will be other services, probably direct local ones to Wolves. You can find those when you get there. I'll just give you the quickest one. The most convenient one possibly uh, is going via Northern Trains to Carlisle and then taking the Avanti service to Birmingham International. That will drop you at Wolverhampton directly from Carlisle. Um, takes about 10 minutes longer, four hours, four hours, 10 minutes, entirely up to you. If you are going by train, it's 10, 15 minute walk to the ground from the train station, but the away friendly pub is just behind the train station. Come out of the station, turn right, 
go down to the main road, turn right again, go under the bridge, and there is a Premier Inn on your right with the Blue Brick Pub just behind it. The postcode for that is WV10BA, or the what three words is Noises, Shack and Meals, appropriately for a pub. You can park there. The parking is limited and it does get busy. Um, but they've got ANPR on the gate as well. So you need to pay on the door in the pub, cash. They'll take your edge and put it in the ANPR system so you don't get a fine. Or you can pre-book it through a parking app. Um, your parking space is the one I use for that one. And it, just show them that you've booked that at the door. As long as you've got your vehicle register on the ANPR system, you won't get fined. If you don't, if you try to wing it, you will get a fine. Um, it's on the way into the complex. The pub does get very busy. It is the only designated away-friendly pub in the area. If you're not like based in the northeast, you don't have a Geordie accent, a bit like myself, and you're not wearing your club colours, you can probably get in any of the other 30 odd pubs around the ground, just telling you working in the area. It's what we do sometimes on away days. Um, failing that, you're gonna have to be in the ground for beers before the game. There is a bit of parking there. The club recommend parking at the Whitmore Hill car park, just on the southwest corner of the ground. Um, really handy for getting there. You can see the ground from the car park. Um, the postcode is WV14RU, and the what three words for the entrance is survey person labels. And then once you're parked up, the away turnstiles can be found roughly at the what three words of view frozen hang. It's the northeast corner of the ground. We cover the front row of the lower tier all the way along that side of the pitch, but you have to go to the sort of north end, north end to get into the stadium from there. Anyway, that's it from me. Here's hoping for the win. Have a nice weekend. Scunny Mark Paul, uh, thank you, mate. Absolutely brilliant. And he's going to do that each away game. So we'll have another one midweek for the uh, for the Liverpool fixture. Uh, we'll probably do that on Tuesday night because uh, I am going down to Anfield on Wednesday. But it uh, uh, doesn't mean that we've... Just because we've got that new little section doesn't mean that we're uh, suddenly casting aside uh, our other two. First up, Toon Stato. Hello Nets, big game on Sunday and a potentially a big debut for our new record signing Alexander Isak. Can he join other Newcastle United legends who scored on their debut and will he make his debut? Kevin Keegan, Papi Sise, Duncan Ferguson, Stefan Givarsh, household names in the history of Newcastle United, all scoring on their debut. Shearer scored only on his home debut in his second game in the Premier League. Now, uh, our opposition is Wolverhampton, um, who are on a very bad uh, streak at the moment, 10 games without a win, which started back at St. James's Park in April. In the last 10 games, they have only three draws and seven losses. At the same time, Newcastle is three games unbeaten into the start of the season. The last time that we went four games unbeaten was back in 2011-2012, when we went on an 11-game streak without a defeat, and we finished fifth. Chris Wood is very likely to start instead of the injured Calm Wilson. And with Chris Wood starting, he has started 15 games so far for Newcastle. We have won 9 out of them, although Wood scored 
only two times uh, in the meantime, but one of them was the winner again against Overhampton back in April. So big game, potentially historic game on Sunday. Let's wish the Let's success and see what happens on Sunday. Enjoy the game. Great stuff from Andre, and did we all hear in the background, <laughs> little the Andre? Ben, the Ben, the Ben, uh, I, fantastic! I, I the very that. start, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And I, I, I do enjoy waiting for his videos as well, Toonstado, because uh, you never know what he's going to be wearing. It's always something different. You don't know where he's yeah. going to be, what he's wearing, but that was absolutely fantastic. Anyway, we always like to keep the best to last. Here we go. <laughs> Tune tipster, Joe, been with us all night. Over to you, mate. Thank you, gentlemen. Do you know what I love there? What do you know what I love about watching Andre? I'm no longer the chunkiest uh, member of the panel. So brilliant. Well done, Andre. Appreciate that. So so um Hey, he's Listen, in a right insulting mood tonight. Keith's not happy with you now. He's not laughing. He never is. He never is. He never is. So, after smashing a million coupons last week with our tremendous 4-1 draw against the champions, we're back to a normal close book this week when we travel to Wolves. There's no favourites to win the game, interestingly. Both sides are coming in at 17-10 or just under 2-1 in old money. The draw's looking decent at just over 2-1. to one. Both teams to score is just under evens. Hey, tired, son. You've been up all night. Have you wet the I bed have. again? I have. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where I was now, Steve. He's interrupted me. So, both teams to score are just under evens. If you think there'll be goals, you can get 11-10. But if you think there'll be less than 2.5 goals... It's, it's 8 to 11. So basically what the bookies are telling us is they don't think there'll be many goals in the fixture. 1-0 to either side. I've deleted. That's good. 2-1 either side is 10 to 1. 3-1 is 25 to 1. And that's a special shout out to the fella who thinks Alan Sam Maximin's shite. I, of course, Twitter, have never said that, so don't get on my case. Evening, Stewie. Lots of love to you and your beautiful family, mate. Um, nil nil, eight to one, and ones each is looking a reasonable bet at 11 to two. And if you fancy a repeat of last week's score line, you can get 50 to one. Jimenez is favourite to score any time at 15 to eight, interestingly, followed by Chris Wood at 11 to four. ASM and Big Joe are down to three to one, Bruno and Willock at seven. Kieran Trippier over the wall again is 12 to one. And I think if you watch back, I did actually mention there as an 18 to 1 shot last week. So I'm taking that. The Food Bank Fund has got over £70 in already after three games, thanks to Fabian Share and Big Joe being a bit naughty in the tackle on Sunday. I didn't get the Wilson bet on. And if I had to put the Wilson bet on, obviously it'd have been a Food Bank hat trick. So I'm going to shot that money in the bucket as well. This week, I'm going to go for Big Joe, but I know he can't get booked 39 consecutive games in a row, but I'm sure he's going to try. And I'm also going to put a fiver on Sven Botman to get booked, um, who's coming in at 5-1. to one. So hopefully, the cards will keep going for us. 
The tune tickle last week um, was spoiled by one team and one team only, and that's Tottenham Hotspur. Um, I love that football club. I love everything about them. Um, I haven't had a chance to look this week, but what I'm going to do is put something up on Twitter, um, and it'll probably be Isaac-related, because I think he's going to play. And finally, for me, in terms of the Super 6, round four is open now, so please don't forget to get your predictions in. Mark Byers remains top of the table. It was a slow scoring week last week, but Mark's there with 39 points. And actually, I checked out the top scorer in the national leaderboard, and they're at 50, so you're not too far away, Mark, from the big money from Sky. Second is Martin Woff with 35 points and flying up the table from 37th place into third with <clears throat> Nicky Redheads. Well done, Nicky. Fantastic. You've all now got the kiss of death, though. I got shouted that off Stephen Thompson for mentioning his name last week and he didn't score a point and was crap. So sorry, mate. Um, and the, the least said about Mr. Hogg and Mr. I've forgot me password, Wraith, the better. Well, I Please can't end them and I'm banned from the thing, yeah, man. Please bet safe, guys, if you're having a bet. Please don't, um, don't, 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 don't and have a great weekend. What I've done, right, is I've clearly <laughs> set up this. I've tried to set this up, be, set this up before, and then when I've gone to add me bloody ID and all that, they've, they've claimed that I'm trying to set up two separate accounts. That's what's happened. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yes. Next, 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 ladies and gentlemen, we'll play the Hovers advert. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 10 minutes to join uh, the NUFC Matters cult. Uh, get yourself involved. Two tickets uh, up for grabs for <coughs> the Brentford game in the Platinum Club. Uh, you'll probably be sitting next to Keith and uh, John as well. So, uh, well worth going to. Can I just say as well, a big thank you to Phil uh, on Twitter. I've just retweeted it. He bid £100 for the Tune Pools. T-shirt, which caused a little bit of controversy, as it always does on Twitter. Uh, but it was £100 for the food bank, uh, which is fantastic. And John from QTech uh, has set up this one. A few moments, that T-shirt <laughs> uh, for the food bank. Uh, so uh, anybody wanting that, maybe a Sunderland fan might bid in for the food bank. It's all for a good cause. Uh, but that is going to go up there tonight at 7 o'clock. So we'll get your bids in. And I will, uh, if I remember, because I am getting old and start to forget to uh, to do this every now and then, we'll put that up uh, for grabs. So uh, get yourself involved. OK, I will be going to the lads and the man, uh, uh, Mitch's Magic Dice. Uh, for uh, for their predictions for the match uh, a little bit uh, later. But first, it is uh, time to make Keith laugh. Two lookalike, uh, quite a few coming in as always. Some really good ones this week and uh, your usual uh, Steve Hasty tributes. Uh, first up, this one, Jersey Mark, uh, sends a Jersey cow in uh, and says, we know who, Steve Hasty. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I'm sure people are just going out. Sam Chipperfield, as always. I think we all know what website Sam goes on. Uh, he's starting to get a bit older now. Uh, his, um, his website that he visits. Um, this one, again, from James. Sorry, Steve, that looks like me on the list again. <laughs> Swipe left on that one. Uh, Ugly Camel, uh, right off the trails of Jimmy Rose. Uh, looks like Steve Hasty. <laughs> At least we're getting some new ones. Um, Sam Chipperfield also says, great to see Steve Hasty trying something new with his hair. Worried, worried about the lipstick, though. 
shouldn't wear it, then my own particular favourite. I've got two particular favourites. This one, <laughs> Mr. Hasty's just had an electric shock, and this one. Uh, <laughs> not, even, not, not even an explanation. <laughs> Steve Hastie's chauffeuring. Wonderful. <laughs> More Steve Hastie lookalikes next week. Moving on. Uh, Anthony Gordon. <laughs> Excellent, that. Yeah, the, um, very, very good. Very good. This one, uh, lookalike in my eyes. Um, yeah, Brian Kilclain and Trippier. There's a little bit there in the eyes, I guess. Uh, this one uh, from Barry Hogan. Lookalike for this week. What's Joe doing? Skinny dipping with Rylan, Alan Carr, and some BBC presenter. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what are you? What are you doing, Joe? Not to do with you, buddy. All right. <laughs> um, Andrew Bygate says, watching Farage talking uh, paint section, and he's got Patterson twins on the pet shop boys. <laughs> Patterson twins. Uh, this one, David De Gea and Hans Klobeck from the Burbs uh, from uh, Tom Dixon. I think yeah. that's from Tom anyway. And this one, Keith and Noel. Oh, Noel. Now, this, I think this was from, um, this is from Rita, I think, on Facebook. Yes, from Rita. Thanks for that, Rita. Thanks for sending that in. This one, Pop uh, from Paul, Anthony Gordon, spotted outside Stamford Bridge. <laughs> And this one from Tim Kens. Uh, we've got our good friend Daz from Loaded and Ronnie Corbett. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, he's also sent this one in, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a resemblance, he says. <laughs> I wonder what people are drinking when they send some of these in. Like, I really do. Uh, this one look alike. Well, I'm sure we've had this before. Paddy the Paddy and Spike from Notting Hill, but it's still uh, yeah. still still a good one. Um, probably the most bizarre one comes from Roger, who yeah. gets into the dog and parrot and uh, has uh, been to a few games with us. And that's Norman, who often gets in there um, with a, a dwarf who was on a stag do, and he says that's Mitch and a, a dwarf. So he's saying that the dwarf is you, Mitch, because he's got glasses on. Oh. And as you can see, mini, Norman's had Norman's Norman's got his breast out and uh, is feeding the dwarf, as only Norman would do, of course, in the dog and parrot. Oh, Unbelievable. Uh, uh, that one, a lookalike, he's some Italian referee and Keith Patterson. Really? Uh, Tom Dixon sent this one in, Dolph Lundgren and Simon Mignolet. <coughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, the goalie. Yeah. Dopey and Lee Catamull. From Tom. <laughs> I never said a word. And... Lester Freeman and Asuma Gyan uh, again from Tom Dixon. Thanks for them, Tom. Hope you uh, if you've had a, if you've been on holiday, hope you've had a good one, mate. If you're still there, enjoy the sun. Uh, tune lookalike Frank Lambard and Stephen Gerrard from Spenny Mag. <laughs> um, this was a late one uh, came in. I can't remember who sent it in. Uh, Alan Brazil and Lee Ryder. Oh, oh, Lee. And into the top three. Um, Lookalike, uh, Alan Shearer and some kid at the back of the uh, the East Stand from John. God. Number two from Albert, a young Borough Mag. <laughs> Brilliant, Albert. Albert, Albert's getting the gist of this now. 
But number one, and, and it, this has been sent in by multiple people uh, who were watching the match. Look alike, father and son. Uh, brilliant. Roger, thanks for sending that. But there was a lot of people sent that in this week. Uh, too many to mention. Uh, yeah, Matt Ritchie and Eddie Howe. It's uh, it's a, it's uncanny resemblance, that. But uh, thanks, everybody, for taking the time to send them and making Keith laugh. Uh, more lookalikes next week. In a case I forget, it's a big happy birthday to Keith Patterson this weekend. Um, have a good one, Pat. I hope you, I hope you get what you want, which again, I guess, apart from getting a, a record uh, goal scorer through the doors, is three points as well. But have a good one, mate. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Yeah, happy birthday, mate. Cheers, good stuff. Man. All right, let's go around the let's go around the doors and um, couple of questions. Um, do you think? I, I presume Isaac's been registered before, um, you know, twelve o'clock or whatever it was to get. Uh, to get in, uh, to, to, to be able to be available to play. Do you expect them to play some part, Keith? Do you think Newcastle United yeah. can get three points down there? Heads would roll if the, if they haven't registered in time. I mean, that's that he was he was on the training ground to do it, and there's some of the fans videoed him. So to bring him in, that's that's an administration job, and you wouldn't have the backup team you've got in Newcastle now if you hadn't registered in time. Um, Eddie Howe, even he's. Um, Press conference intimated as much that he will play. So to to have Wilson out injured, and the rumor is some said three to four weeks, some are saying eight weeks today. Don't know what the truth is there. He's, he's liable to play, but um, to to do to have him injured and and to go down the Wolves away um, unbeaten, which is Chris Wood on, is would be neglect to to you know not to complete the administration. So he'll definitely play. Um, okay. What was the next question? Yeah, just you know, what are you expecting from Newcastle? I mean, you know, we're gonna have a, you know, we're gonna have, you know, a couple of players back. We know that we've got No Wilson, which is a blow. He's got off to a great start of the season. But um, how do you expect Newcastle to line up? I'll be, I've been dying to see us all this week. Like after after last week, because when I was in the ground, I was sat with Big John from uh, Johnny Kiltek, and uh, we had a good crowd there. But I didn't see Steve Hasty because I like he, he was working and. Uh, we get like we get missed to messages. He was obviously in good company. He was in the director's box. He said be everywhere. Like, but, but we never got the chance to, to catch up. And then I go went back. But I was dying to say to Steve, "What do you think of Maxi?" Because, like, for me, and I know I'm um, I know I'm biased, but I just love seeing fair players, and, and that's why I'm excited about Isaac because he'll have a run at you. And I, I like the fact that Isaac does create a lot of his chances himself. You know, he, he tends to. Tends to take people on, and I'm excited. Like Neil's touched on, it, we, we're confident that we're going to get a central midfield player and a right winger in. And I think it'll be two people. I think one will be alone, and one will be a, a, another big deal. But um, did you get maximum backs? Like it's like signing another player. Where I was, I was in the ground, and I just said to John, I says, "Oh, she says, I wish I could give Hasty a big hug now, because because <laughs> like like she's staving them." All want him to do well. They're all desperate for him to do well. They all love seeing him do well. But after that, I just wanted to say, "Stay, what do you think?" Because he was just, he, he was unplayable. He was just, he just, he just did what he's capable of doing and what we all know he's capable of doing. But to see him do it against Man City, you know what I mean? It, like, like I didn't expect him to be able to do that to that that fullback. And the fullback come off and said it was a tough afternoon. <clears> so, so uh, yeah. It was unbelievable, wasn't it, to, to, to watch him 
like just go direct at people and 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 release it at the right time and put balls through. We, his balls were finding people. They weren't just crossing, <coughs> actually picking people out. So, what do you think, Steve? Did you think did you were you we we surprised that he did it against Man City, or were you we just relieved that he he's clicked into gear for a game and he set a standard for himself, which we've got to get every week. It was it was a combination of everything, I think, Keith. Um, absolutely delighted to see him put in a performance yeah. that for virtually 90 minutes. I mean, he came up towards yeah. the end. But to see him put a performance in like that where he was so dynamic, he was so yeah. on, was on the front foot, his, his, his mindset was that he wanted to have a good game. Um, the fact that I heard earlier in the, in the month that he had been told he would get his marching orders if he didn't put, pull, his, pull his socks up, believe it or not. And maybe that was the kick in the backside that he needed. But to do it in the manner he did against the team he did was, was you know, I mean, it was a 10 out of 10 performance. We can't we can't say anything yeah. other. Um, what I would say is that I, I was amazed. I mean, the amount of space he got, the amount of space that Man City's mm. defence gave him, because Man City played with almost a, a two-man defence at one point. They, they just they just had the centre-backs. The full-backs were playing in midfield. Um, I've never seen two full-backs who are supposed to play wide tuck in so tightly uh, into the centre midfield, which allowed... Uh, uh, they obviously thought that, that you know, Guardiola was coming up with these new ideas all the time. He, you know, he played he played with three at the back. He played with, with a six-man midfield and no striker <clears> when he... When he was at Barcelona, the, the ticky tacky football that, that that they started to to get away with, um, all of those type of things, and he's he's now trying something different. And but what he's done is he's gone uh, he's gone with a with playing with virtually no defenders, but he's suddenly got himself a target man for the first time. So yeah, all of these yeah. all of these little equations and little little things that we're putting in, and it played into our hands because. There's no, there's no team better on the break than Newcastle United. You know, when you've got the likes of a Joe Linton who can who can win the ball and then carry it. You've got a, you've got a Bruno who can win the ball and carry it. You've got an outlet when he's when he's not being marked like 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 Alan St Maximum, or you've got a on the other side you've you've got Almiron, all just runners, all guys who can just absolutely devastating with speed and and it, it did it made Walker look like an, an absolute joke at times you know what I mean England International he he never got a look in a whole game that must have been the, the most the most difficult game that he's played but the, the game that made him look a fool um you know absolutely brilliant you couldn't you couldn't knock anything to do with Newcastle's performance it was it was it was textbook stuff, absolutely textbook stuff, um, and I was absolutely over the moon. I wasn't in the director's box, by the way. I was in my normal seat with George. Right. And, uh, yeah, and we, we uh, after we, the game. We, it was after the game where I where oh. I went back and, and and sat with 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 the guys, um, and then had the opportunity to to introduce uh, Kieran Trippier and um, John Beresford to to uh, to Alfie as well. Which was great, and got the photographs taken with him, and and had a, a really good chat. And Jan Fjortoft, it was more almost like a like a reunion because they all remembered each other from from their football days. And I think it was great for Kieran because uh, it was an opportunity for him to go back and 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 really talk about the game as well. Because sometimes when when you get into that situation, they don't get the opportunity to you know it's it's just the usual sort of stuff, but. Actually talking to a fellow pros and 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 getting a you know a five minute spell with him, I think it, I'm sure he enjoyed it as well. But getting back to to Newcastle, I mean, you know, you, 
the, the, the football we played was so flown, it was so fast, it was so dynamic, the goals were superb. Um, one nil down, that would have can you imagine what it would be like under Bruce? We it wouldn't have got a one all, put it that way. But they then go two one up and then three one up. And and really, I mean, Man City, the quality, and, and this is the other thing that we talked about earlier with, with Newcastle. You, you, we're going to be buying quality players, and what we saw in Man City is when you've got quality, it comes to the fore. That you know that cream really rises to the surface when you get into a situation where the manager knows he's got players that he can look at and he can make a slight change and he can turn around and say, three-one down, I want I want at least a point from this lads, and they can go out and within what two minutes it was it was three-all. You know that's that that that's the quality that we're playing against, but we held our own against them. Newcastle United, that's not normal for Newcastle United. But what it shows is that there's a determination in our team as well to, to hold on to, to that. You know, I mean, we tried to hold on to three points, but to hold on to the to the, to the point and to a well-deserved point. And I think the rest of the country watching it would have turned around and went, you know what, if Newcastle had got three points for that, they would have deserved it. Yeah, I think, I think the punt the punt yeah. said that. But that there's yeah. not there's no way that like if if, if Maxi plays like that again. And if he sets that as a yardstick for himself, and 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 yeah, I agree. You know, it's infuriating when he's when he's lethargic when he when he when he's chewing. When he plays like that, and he's got the bee in his bonnet, and you put the people like Isaacs on, you're gonna, you know, like like Almiron will beat a man. You're gonna have people coming at you from da- down both sides and through the middle, yeah. and and you know, Joe Linton, Bruno, they're all capable of creating a pass and getting slotting something through. And, and to me. What Steve Wraith said earlier is what we're going to get. I hope that Isaac starts. I hope he starts and, you know, just throw him in and start it. Because, because I think if you start with Wood on his own up top, I think you'd be hanging on to, you know, to, to half-time to bring him on. So, to me, when you've got a fit lad, 22-year-old, just throw him in. Throw that team in. Let them have a go. Because when Maxim's getting tracked, people's going to watch what he did last week and they're going to put ones and two players on like they did under Bruce. But he's going to create space for the people. And I think when you've got a sixty-three million pound striker in there, Steve, I think that you're going to get space that he's oh, not added social dad. I don't think he's added real social dad. I don't think he's had that. I don't think he's had a team with such a forward pressing mentality that, that, that what he's exactly. playing now. Exactly. I think I think we we'll have signed him in time for him to play. The only drawback is he, he needs that international clearance. And if right. the international paperwork's come through, then yes, he'll play. So he's registered as far as the Premier League's concerned. It's just the international clearance. And I think that's the only thing that will hold back. Um, I don't know what the time scale is for that. I don't think it's a, one of those things that has a deadline on it, although I would imagine it, uh, knowing, knowing the way the Home Office and these people operate, there's probably a shutdown point at five o'clock. So, you know, we'll be hearing uh, by certain press guys and, like I said earlier, I don't believe everything the press tells you, but we'll be hearing but from some of them, those that we trust anyway, um, exactly what the situation is. But uh, no, I mean, it, it's going to be a tough game, isn't it, on on, on Saturday. Um, I watched them play against uh, against Tottenham last week. I was very impressed with them. I thought they played some lovely football. I thought they were a better team. Um, and everybody's raving about Tottenham at the moment. But uh, I, thought that, I thought the Wolverhampton uh, handled themselves well. I thought they were unlucky. Um, and I think that uh, it's going to be a difficult task, but it's not a task that's beyond us. No, definitely not. Joe, come to you because uh, I do like it when um, Mitch starts off with the dice. So come to you next. Um, what are you expecting out, out of the game? And um, would you like to say would you like to see Isaac start the game or, or come on as an impact sub at some point because we've got a big game against Liverpool on Wednesday? 
there's a few bits I can't not wade in on the Sam Maximin um, debate. Um, so before I get a load of stick, I just want to say, um, yes, it was a 10 out of 10 performance. Yes, the kids got the ability to do that and um, he was absolutely unplayable and, and destroyed essentially uh, England's right back, which is what he'd done. Um, but I still say to this day that the week before he was absolutely chronic. The week before that he was chronic and the back end of last season he was average at best. Um, so yeah, he's got it. Yes, he can do it. Um he really, really hacked me off after the game when we were all talking about Newcastle United and he made a comment about getting in the French team and going to the World Cup. So he maybe needs to get his 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 his, his media people kind of, um, you know, just to get his timing a little bit right. But if you want to go to the World Cup, son, let's see you do it again on Sunday and let's see you do it again next Saturday. Um, and shut me and the likes of Steve up because, um, like you say, we'll be more than happy to be shut up. So that's all I'll say on Maximin. Um, I think in terms of the game, yeah, it'll be it'll be tough. I think it'll be uh, they are a good side. They're better than the, the than the stats that Andrea give. Um, but why not? Why not? And it, and if we can prove that we can perform like like we can, um, I think we do. I think there's something about um, there's something about. Um, there's something about the momentum and getting the results and not not dropping points away from home. We're more than capable of at least getting a draw against Wolves. In terms of Isak, um, I don't think it's a case of would I like to see him play. I think he's got to play, hasn't he? Um, I know Chris Wood um, obviously you know got his goal and it was a very well uh, you know it was a great great corner and a, and a decent header from Wood against Tranmere. But we all know in the Premier League what we need to do is score goals. So for me personally, if he's there and he's fit and he's got his visa sorted he starts doesn't he and it'll be really interesting if we think about how Bruno got into the side if we think about how Sven Botman's got his place in the side um Isak's going to get his place in the side um you know within 48 hours of signing him due to Callum Wilson's injury so it might be a case now of saying right okay Isak's now our number one striker and it's up to Wilson to get back in the team um so I'm looking forward to it uh, you know it, it, it'll be a good game and I'm, I'm not expecting us to lose Okay, uh, Mitch, what's your views on the game ahead on Sunday? Well, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to disappoint you. I've got no dice, I've got it. Oh! <laughs> be bad. So when the unbeaten run comes however, to an end, however, I do have a random football score generator set up on the computer in front of us, so oh, I can I substitute the dice for that, you see. So I'll give that a quick click and set that away spin, and then I'll talk about the game. All right. So that has generated a score of Wolverhampton Wanderers nil, Newcastle United one. <laughs> which... I thought you were going to say 16 nil or something. <laughs> no, I tried it a few times before. I just make sure I didn't bring bloody stupid results up. So, yeah. Because um, the first one I found was an American football score generator. So I clicked on it and said it was going to be 1836. <laughs> um, so um, they're there to be had. I didn't realise that form was as bad as it is. They're there to be had. We go into this buoyant um, with players that I'd like to see follow up that performance with more of the same, please. Not just yeah. not just as maximum. Yeah. There's others there that I would like to see more of the same, please. Um, I think you'll start Wood and good timing. Wood's goal was well taken through the week. 
and uh, he does what is it? We've won nine games when he started, so I'm, I wouldn't be shy to start him. Um, but if he's had clearances through in time, which it should be, uh, then there's no reason why he can't be involved in the game. Uh, Yano's right. After that last that result last weekend, who do we really have to fear? No one. We've gone toe to toe and matched the best in the country. We've got no fear. We should be playing with no fear. It now should be about enjoyment. Go on that pitch, wear the shirt with pride, show what we can do. And I'm quite sure they will. Um, and like I say, I hadn't realised how bad Wolves' form was in total going into this game. And that doesn't bode well. And again, they're another team with a <coughs> owner who have, have them quietly up for sale, isn't really investing. They're using the, the Portuguese agent networks to do their deals effectively. Um, but their books are very much balanced in favour of incomings as opposed to outgoings. And I think let's uh, let's just go with no fear and play at the play at that top level again. Because we can. We've proved it. We've shown the world we can do it. Everybody's been talking about we're in the Middle East all week. And we've been the buzz of the region and how well we played. And what a world of difference under Ashley. He would have looked at that and said, right, I'm not signing any more players. We've got enough. Under this ownership, they look at that and say, right, how do we get the next level? And that's exactly what they've done by by making signing record signing number one. And I'm convinced, like Keith, two more in, one will be another big fee, one will be alone, yeah. and that sets you up nicely for the rest of the season. And I think I'd, I'd take any win tomorrow. I don't care whether it's one nil with it going and off of Matt Target's backside. I just don't care. Keep the momentum going. Let's have a good performance. And it's yeah. about picking up three points. Yeah, I'm going for a 2-1 away win. Uh, Keith, what about you? 2-0 to Newcastle. Okay. Uh, Steve Hasty? 3-1 away win. 3-1 away win. And Joe? Win 1-0. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting game. Uh, look, one thing's for sure. It's going to be a hell of a lot better than the last time I was down at Wolves. Standing there with Holly and Dave in the rain, uh, watching Jeff Hendricks score a... Uh, what turned out to be uh, the last goal of the Ashley era before the takeover went through. And then a few weeks later, Steve Bruce would be gone. So any of you who made the trip down to Wolves last season will certainly be looking forward to, to Sunday uh, exactly how I will. OK, it's time for the uh, the big prize. Two tickets for Brentford in the Platinum Suite, courtesy of qtechshop.co.uk. The members draw. Uh, let it commence. Number 26, Jay Baker. You are the winner of two tickets in the Platinum Club for Brentford. Well done, you. And thank you to qdexshop.co.uk for making the donation of the tickets, as always. Uh, didn't manage to squeeze this into Tweet of the Week, uh, but Ugly Camel, this screenshot is from six days ago from Sunderland AFC, our gaffer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> We'll finish how we started the show, I guess, uh, with, with that uh, particular tweet. Thanks for sending that in. And uh, Julie Baker, 
you know what you enjoy, well, here it is. Glenn Moore. Hi, Steve, you massive man, baby, bully, and just in general, absolute wank dog. Looking forward to the block. Wow, <laughs> Quick heads up for next week. I think I'll be joining you from Germany, so Christ knows what kind of state I'm going to be in, but there you go. Wow. <laughs> well, well as, long, as long as you keep your uh, banger and your budgie smugglers, mate, I don't think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have any issues getting banned off YouTube. Uh, as always, yeah, exactly. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks to Boramag. Thanks to Steve. Thanks to Andre. Thanks to Scunny Paul. Thanks to Mitch. Thanks to Keith Patterson. And we hope he has a great birthday because uh, if one man deserves it, it is him. Have a great weekend, guys. Enjoy the match. See you next week. Thanks a lot. Cheers, lads. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.